Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to turn in your Bibles today to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, I started this uh, message about two or three weeks ago. And... Uh, and all I, I was only able to get through the introduction. And uh, so I felt this week in prayer that the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go back and visit that because there's some of my people that are struggling with cycles. I talked about it earlier, vicious cycles. There's some of my people that they're looking at people that are, that are abiding, dwelling, living in the dimensional glory. And you're not seeing the same happen in your life. And so sometimes you can grow bitter in some times like that. Sometimes you can begin to uh, believe the lies of the devil that says God will do it for them, but he won't do it for you because you messed up too much or because you're not this or you're not that. And so today the Lord said, I want you to go back before them and, and bring the teaching part of this message to them. And, uh, and so I'm going to, uh, today I'm gonna call this dimensional glory and carnal thinking part two because we gotta go into this right here. Now listen, if you'll give me about 30, 40 minutes to teach this thing, I'll try to, uh, you know, make sure that you're out of here by three today, amen. So what time is 12.30? Yeah, I got a lot of time, amen. Uh, Romans chapter eight, and uh, we're gonna begin reading in verse five today. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That's just basically a real flashy way of saying is an enemy of God. For it, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse eight, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I, I, I want you to grab that. Do you, those who are in the flesh, that's not talking about you having a fleshly body, just in case someone, I wanna make sure I clarify that. It's talking about living in the flesh, obeying the lust of the flesh, cannot please God. I want to go over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verses uh, 1 and 2. Now, the, 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 the New King James starts off with a two-letter word that's, that's hinging this whole deal. It starts off with if. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. God said, if you want to go higher, you got to think higher. If you want to begin to go to a higher place, you got to let your mind go to a higher place. Come on, somebody. I, I'm going to go somewhere today. All right, now I want to go to another place. Let's go over to, um, let's go over to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read something there. And then we're going to John chapter 6. Romans 12. I beseech you, I, I beg you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I'm gonna help somebody real quick. God's saying, listen, you, you haven't, it ain't like you've done excelled into the heights of the heavenlies just cause you came to church this morning. So reasonable service reasonable and do not be conformed to this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, that word in the Greek for renewing means the renovating. The renovating. I, I almost, if I would have had the room up here and, and things, I almost had a, a, a building set up here where some walls and, and had plastic under with sheetrock and I was going to knock stuff down with a, with a sledgehammer this morning because some of you are trying to patch up walls that God needs to get knocked down in your mind right now. He's saying, I've come in to renovate. I didn't come in to patch. I come in to knock some stuff down and build some stuff back up and you're still trying to patch the walls that you put your fists through. God said, I'm here to renovate it. Hallelujah. And as you know, anybody that's ever been through a renovation project in your home, it ain't real easy. But when you get done, you're all the more thankful. Amen. Watch this by the renewing, the renovating of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I want you to go over to John 6. I'm going to read some from John 6 and then we're going to be seated after that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. John 6 and verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, then a multitude following him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with the disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to what? Test him. For he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread. Denarii is basically a day's wage. Worth, worth of bread is not sufficient for them. And that would just be for everyone to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat, sat down in a number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they, what? I need you to grab that as much as they wanted, not needed. I love kicking the devil in the face. I, I'm telling you. I just love, he didn't, he didn't say as much as they needed, brother. It said as much as they, God said, I put a buffet out here. As much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, he said, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets, which the fragments of the five barley loaves and uh, which were left over by those who had eaten. Verse 14, then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Father God, in the name that is above every name, I have a few moments with your people today. Father, they have come not for a gift, not for a talent, not for a personality. They have come to receive a word from you, God. They have come, Lord, that your spirit may shift something inside of them. So, Father, today as I preach... I ask that the words that proceed from my lips be the ones that have only proceeded from yours first. Father, I ask today that as I preach, your spirit would move all over this congregation, bringing down everything that does not belong. I pray today that he would heal, deliver, set free. Father, I ask today that you would grant me a prophetic utterance to speak into the uh, minds and to the hearts, to the lives of your people. Grant us all hearing ears, seeing eyes, and obedient hearts look upon my availability and not my ability today and grant me this I ask in Jesus mighty name let your glory fill the house now I give you praise today father I give you praise in Jesus name 
for you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody that agrees, shout amen today. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap before we're seated today? Oh, y'all can do a little better than that. Give the Lord a good hand clap. I'm going to do my best to take just a few minutes, if you will allow me, to speed through the introduction, which I've already preached to you, but you have to understand, if you ever wonder, and Pastor, why do you do these things? It is, you need to understand this, that statistics show and studies show, and it is proven that every week, every week about 50% of this church is different, okay? So that means that the people who heard it three weeks ago ain't heard it yet, half of them anyway. Now, I believe our numbers are a little better than that because y'all some good people. Amen. amen. That's where you need to shout amen. amen. So let me speed through this introduction a little bit. When I talk about the dimensional glory and carnal thinking, I want to split this up real quick. Dimensional glory. I preached on it and I feel like God is bringing this series somewhat to an end right here. But, uh, and whether it's today or next week, but, but I feel like God is saying it's, the, the, it's coming to an end here soon. The dimensional glory... There is a dimensional glory that can manifest on your life. Shout amen to that. That can manifest on your life in which you can walk in on this earth. And that dimensional glory is the glory in which Jesus walked in. Say amen to that. I'll prove it in a minute. The Bible says in John 17, 22, Jesus said in the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. There is your proof right there that the glory Jesus walked in on the earth, you can walk in. Now shout amen to that. I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because whatever you shout amen to, you agree with. So if you don't agree with it, don't shout amen. But if you do agree with it, shout amen. <laughs> Only got seven people then, amen. Well, we know. What is the dimensional glory? It is a manifestation of God's presence that comes on your life, listen to this, to break off limitations. To break off limitations. How many are sick and tired of limitations? There is a glory that comes on your life to break off limitations. Limitations, limitations on the earth are a result of the curse. What are you talking about the curse? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin entered into the world. And listen, at that moment, limitations were put on not only the earth, but on man. When Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and bled on Calvary's hill, when you put your faith and trust in him, I want you to know limitations were broke off of you, but they are not broke off the world. So the Bible says that Jesus said, listen, I'm sending you out in the world. He said, Father, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that they will not be of the world, though they are in this world. What was he saying? He was saying, Father, I'm asking you to keep them in a place of limitation, but give them a glory in which they can break the limitation off of what's on it. Oh, glory be to God. Listen, so you, you, what you must understand is that sickness, disease, lack, poverty, death, and many other things that come from Satan are operating in the world that we live in right now. You can see it all over the place. Can I tell you all of that is from the devil? Ain't none of that from God. God has not given any of that. How do you know? The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above in whom there is no shadow or vary of turning. So all of that is not from God. Get away, tear that old religious thinking out. Well, beloved, sometimes God's gonna make you sick to teach you something. God does not have to make you sick to teach you something. You are, the, you are a child of the most high God. He is a perfect father. Would you make your kids sick to teach them something? Well, he says you being evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give to those who ask him? The 
devil is a liar. Sickness comes from the enemy. I come to tell you, lack comes from the enemy. Poverty comes from the enemy. Disease comes from the enemy. Hallelujah. All this came in when the first Adam, the first Adam entered into this world. Now, let me say this. When the first Adam fell and, and, and was in this world and failed to sin, can I tell you, if that allowed the curse to come in, how much more when the second Adam, Jesus Christ, came into this earth and died a sinner's death and was raised three days later, how much more can the blessing come on the people of God? Somebody shout amen and say, it's mine. Hallelujah. So you got to understand that there is a glory that comes on your life, church. It is a dimensional glory that will break off limitations. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and he did say it. This is what he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay your hands on the sick and they shall be what? They shall be healed. He said, when you come up against some kind of devil, cast them out. He said, listen, if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm you. Hallelujah. He said, if a snake bites you, you're going to be okay. He said, and then he tells his disciples, he says, when you go and preach, he said, don't take any money bags with you. Don't worry about packing any clothes. Why? He said, because the glory you're about to start walking in is about to break the limitations off. You see, limitations that are on your body, that's called sickness. Limitations that are on your prayer life. You can break them off through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the speaking with other tongues. The limitations that are trying to come against you. Attacks from the enemy can be broken off with the glory. The limitations on your money. God said I can break it off through the glory. I wish I had a church this morning that said I'm ready to receive and believe that every limitation that the enemy has has to be broken in the name of Jesus what you must understand is who is your number one enemy your number one enemy is not the president of the United States your number one enemy is not the economy of the United States your number one enemy is not even the devil your number one enemy is not them crazy folks at your co-workers your co-workers at the place you work at your number one enemy is a carnal way of thinking because the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he so if I can shift the way you thinking to where you you are no longer thinking in a carnal way, but you're thinking in a spiritual way. If I can shift the way you're thinking, I can shift the way you're living, I can shift what comes to you, and I can begin to shift what you do. I am not talking about some crazy new world mind over matter. I'm talking about having a spiritual mind that says if God said it, I can have it. If God has decreed it, I believe it. If God has given it to me, it's mine in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about today. Glory be to God. Your number one enemy is the way you think. Hallelujah. Many times, I'm, gonna, I'm about done, then I'm getting in uh, with, this, with this, speeding through this introduction. Many times when we read this passage of scripture, we think being fleshly minded or carnally minded is living in blatant sin. Let me tell you this. I mean, you can put that with it, but you need to understand something. Pastor Antoine, the apostle Paul wrote this letter to save people. He did not write this to heathen people. When he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the dear mercies of God, that you present yourself or present your bodies a living sacrifice, he was not talking to about lost people. He was writing this letter to the church. He was saying, he was telling the church, don't be carnally minded. Don't be carnally minded, but be spiritually minded. Can I tell you that what we must understand, what we, what we must understand is that God wants us. Say, God wants me. Come on, say it over here. God wants me to approach every situation and every circumstance to allow him 
to work a miracle. Every one of them. It don't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter. God's saying quit relying on yourself, church. Quit relying on your ability and invite me in to work a miracle. Regardless of what you're facing, I want to work a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. I want to work a miracle. So carnal thinking is looking at or approaching situations and circumstances on this earth within our own understanding. It is accepting the limitations in this world because man does not have the ability to change them. We accept them and we live with them. Man can't do nothing about it. So I guess this is the way it's always going to be. Man doesn't have the wisdom for it. So I guess this is the way it's always going to be. Man can't seem to change this, so I guess this is the way I have to live with it. I can't seem to change this, so I guess this is my lot in life. And God is saying, has anybody asked me to show up? Has anybody asked me to come and work a miracle yet? Oh, glow, we're going to get somewhere today. Just stay with me now. We're we about to get there. So in our text today, in John chapter uh, 6, in John chapter 6, uh, Jesus sees the multitude. He calls the disciples together, and he asks them a question. He's, and, and he's not trying to figure out something that he does not know. He asks them a question. What is he doing? He says uh, he's not fretting over whether he has enough food to feed these people. Come on, I want you to dig a little deeper in this house. He is presenting a situation in front of the disciples to get them to understand that their carnal way of thinking is causing them to live restricted lives in the world in which they live. He is saying, hey, how y'all gonna feed all these people? Philip goes straight to the carnal way of thinking. Man, Jesus, you know, our ministry, it's got a fat bank account. But even that much can't feed all these people a little. Stay with me. Number one, we're in it now. Carnal thinking has a way of removing God out of every God opportunity. Many of you are right now looking at God opportunities. Somebody told, when somebody told me uh, the other day about somebody being sick, I said, well, God's got a, God's got a lot of opportunity to move. Yes. Hallelujah. Every time we look at a situation in this ministry around here that seems big, seems impossible, I, this is my response. God has a bunch of opportunities. See, your carnal way of thinking will remove God out of every God opportunity. When Jesus tells Philip, he said, all these people are hungry and I want to feed them. What shall we do? Church, this is Philip's opportunity. This is his like apostle Peter moment. When Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that brought him up here. This is Philip's opportunity to show that I've been listening. This is his opportunity to prove, Jesus, I've been watching you. What are we going to do, Philip? I don't, well, Piggly Wiggly, they got this and... Ingalls has got this on sale and Walmart. Well, well, anyway, um, and when Dixie has this, now listen to what Jesus said. What do you have? What do you have? Watch this now. What he's trying to get him to understand is that Philip, what you're needing will not manifest by the way you're thinking. There it is. The way you're thinking is hindering what you're needing. No matter how much you have or no matter how much you don't have, the carnal way of thinking will always lead you down a path of not enough. I was watching this show the other day. Uh, I'm not advocating this at all. Amen. But... uh. 
But I like to watch documentaries. You know what I mean? I, I like to, I, 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 I like, because I look at them and learn from things on them, right? And there was this cat on there, and he had, he, he was like the lead heroin dealer of a whole city. And, and they, were, they were interviewing him. And, uh, and he had all these keys sitting on the table, and he had all these stacks of money, and this was just one house that he was doing it in, right? And they said, they said, uh, they said, well, what do, you, what do you think about how you're doing this? And he says, man, I want to quit. And they said, quit? Why? You have all this clout, all this money, all this. He said, I just want to be happy. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if you put $2 million in your bank account or you got zero in your bank account, if you're leaning on the arm of the flesh, it will never be enough. It will never be able to provide. It will never be able to satisfy. But when you lean on the arm of the spirit, can I tell you God can take $5 and turn around and feed a multitude out of it. When you lean on the arm of the spirit... The Bible says, cursed is the man who leans on the arm of the flesh, but blessed are those who lean on the arm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. When you decide, I am no longer going to embrace a carnal way of thinking. When you decide that the word of God is not going to be my last result, but it's going to be my first response. When you decide that if God said it, then by faith I can have it. It is, it is at this time your life begins to go from drowning in insufficiency to receiving from the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. God is just saying... Will you get a spiritual mind and lean on the Holy Ghost? Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, let's go on. I'm going to skip over some stuff. Number two, carnal thinking causes you to overlook what is most important and focus on what is least important. We read this same, listen, you can read this same story in Mark chapter six. It's the gospel according to St. Mark. So what you must understand for those of you that are new to the faith or just new to reading your Bible is that there's, there's, a, there's a reason why there's four different gospels. And one gospel will focus on this, right? One gospel tells the same story but focuses on this. Then you read another gospel and it tells the same story, but it focuses on this. This is the Spirit's way of bringing to you revelation from the same story. That's why you've got to read your Bible. Because God is communicating different things through the same stuff. So watch this. In Mark chapter 6, in John, in John, Philip is focusing on it's not enough. In Mark chapter 6, the disciples say, send them away. The disciples come to Jesus and say, send the multitudes away. Whether they're tired of ministering, tired of them, or just felt sorry for the multitude, nobody knows. But however, asking for them to be sent away in lack is not the way of the kingdom of God. God is saying, listen, Jesus is saying, all these folk done been with me this whole time. They're hungry. I'm not sending them away hungry. I'm not sending them away in lack because they've been listening to my word and my word is true and my word is a lamp on their feet and a light under my path and because they've been listening to my word, there's got to be an increase in their life. I'm not going to send them away in lack. Oh my goodness. In other words, the disciples thought that what is most important was them going and buying some food. Jesus said what is most important is not that, it's the people. He said, you're all concerned about how much it's gonna cost. I'm more concerned about the people. Isn't it amazing when you start getting concerned about the people of God and the kingdom of God, God starts turning around and working miracles in your life. Oh, hallelujah. 
In other words, what was most important was being overlooked. The most important at that time was the people, not the problem. The disciples were focused on the problem, but Jesus was focused on the people. The Bible does not say that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to solve problems. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have an everlasting life. Pastor, what are you trying to say? Some of you are not experiencing the dimensional glory in your life because Jesus is nothing but a problem solver to you. But if you'll ever get to the place what is most important to him becomes what is most important to you, the Bible says that all these other things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. I want a problem solver. Jesus said, really? That's nothing. Man can solve your problems. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I came for people. I came for people. When you begin to focus on what's the most important. Listen, that's why this leadership refused to embrace the carnal way of thinking when it came to closing churches down. I wouldn't do it. Why? It's a carnal way of thinking. Well, Pastor, these, these professionals said, dude, that's the best they could come up with. That's man's wisdom. That's the best they could come up with. And when you are limited to man's wisdom, that's the best. I'm not limited to man's wisdom. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, all you've got to do is ask and he will give to you liberally. Hallelujah. I'm not living into man's wisdom, but I have a wisdom from above that when he spoke, the earth came into existence. When he spoke, light be, light was. A wisdom from above. That's why I refuse to embrace that, mindly, that worldly mindset. Of course everything in the world is shutting down. Why? It's a carnal way of thinking. But when you understand that God has called me higher than the carnal way of thinking, then you, then you begin to tap in to a higher way of thinking. Then you begin to say, no, don't shut it down, open it up. Why? Because there's a bunch of folk out there that says, man, this whole world is going to pot right now. There has to be another answer, and his answer has to be Jesus. If I can find me a church with a door open, I'll go in and bow my knee and give my life to Jesus. Can I doubt to you a moment? This is the wisdom from above right now. It says you are not here to make this your final destination, but you are a pilgrim walking through this place. And there is a day where you will get on the pearly gates. You'll get down the streets of gold. And that is your final destination. I'm going to take as many people as I can with me, Justin. I'm going to take as many. I want to get to the gates. And I want to see as far as the eye can see of all different nationalities of people. that said, because you preach this glorious gospel, I bow my knee to Jesus. I'm taking as many as I can with me. This is the wisdom from, uh, from above. Right here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's not, do you really think, let me, can I kick this thing just for about two more minutes? Do you really think what's best for people is to sit at home and go to hell? If you do, you need to get saved. Well, brother, I done been in the, I've been in the way for 40 years. That's the problem. You in the way. You in the way. You need to get out of the way and let God get in, get, have his way. Come on, somebody. No, you need to get saved. Because you don't, under, you don't understand that we are eternal. God made it of dust and dust it shall return. But that's this body. 
but there's a day I'm going to live forever, and you will too. You get to decide which place you want to live forever in. Whether it's heaven or hell, it is not. I got one more minute on this thing to kick. It's, that is not the wisdom of God. You got folks sitting at home depressed, wanting to put pistols in their mouths. You think this is the wisdom of God? No, it's the wisdom of man. And anytime it's the wisdom of man, the best it can do is produce what man can produce. Hallelujah. Let me move on. I told you I was only two minutes on that right there. Number three, carnal thinking causes you to look at your seed as your harvest. I'm, I'm, all, all the Holy Ghost is doing is showing some people this morning. Let's don't think that way no more. Carnal thinking makes you look at your seed as your harvest. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 14, same story. He says, the multitude does not need to go away. Are y'all crazy? I'm here to reach them. Why are you sending them home? I want to reach them. Watch this. He says, you give them something to eat. The disciples respond. He said, we only have five loaves and two fish. In other words, Jesus, we don't even have enough for us to eat. Now you're wanting us to take what we have and give it to those. It's not going to be enough. Carnal thinking always causes you to look at what's in your hand and say, this is the largest it can ever be. Oh, I'm going to say it again because that was a mouthful and somebody's still choking. Carnal thinking says that what's in your hand is the largest it can ever be. So let me figure out a way in my natural mind to disperse it the, mo the best. Here we are. Watch this. Kingdom thinking says the seed in my hand is the smallest it will ever be. This is where some of you are struggling the most today. What's in my hand, man, it just ain't enough. I know. It's not your harvest. It can't be enough because it was meant to be planted. Kingdom thinking says that while it's in my hand, it is the smallest it will ever be. While the five loaves and the two fish remain in the disciples' hands, listen, it was the largest it would ever be, but when they put it into the hands of Jesus, it now became the smallest it would ever be. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You see, the gospel according to Matthew gives us insight to the story that, that neither, it gives us insight that neither Mark nor John gives. Matthew tells us that Jesus took five loaves and two fish. Now watch what he did. You don't see this in the other gospel. He blessed it and he what? Broke it. What did he do when he blessed it? When he blessed it, he broke the limitations. When he blessed it, I'm t he didn't just say, now, uh, uh, Jesus, thank you for this food, bye. He, <laughs> that's not what a blessing is. Mark says, I want, I want, I want you to figure, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew says, I want you to get something that Mark and John ain't going to tell you. I washed him. He lifted it up and spoke a blessing. Where was the blessing from? The blessing was from the dimensional place of glory which he once dwelled. And now when he spoke that blessing, that glory now came on that thing right there on the earth. And when he did that, the limitations now broke off of it. But he ain't done. When he blessed it, he broke the limitations off of it. But when he broke it, he multiplied it.
So now that there's no longer any limitations, every time he breaks it, it becomes more. Every time he breaks it, something else springs up. Every time he breaks it, there is more than there were the last time the disciples showed up to pass it out. What was happening right here? The limitations were broken off of it. And now that they were broken off of it, God can multiply it. Can I prophesy in this place just for a moment today? You're wondering, God, what is happening in my life? I feel a breaking happening right now. God said, don't trip. I'm blessing and breaking the limit limitations so I can begin to multiply everything that you put your hands to and when you look around what was once only enough for you is now going to be enough for the nations it's now going to be enough for the nations Push your neighbor and say, you got to put it in God's hands. Now tell somebody else, you got to put it in God's hands. That's why you can't never talk me out of giving. You can't talk me out of tithing. You can't talk me out of sowing seed. You can't talk me out of giving to the poor. You can't talk me out of sowing in the missions. You can't talk me out of giving folk cars. And you won't ever talk me out of preaching this gospel. Why? Every time that I show up and do it, God takes it and blesses it. And then he breaks it. And what was only supposed to be enough for Butts County is now enough for a region is now enough for a state it's now enough for a nation it's now enough for the nations of the earth y'all to give God a praise right now five seconds all over this house somebody shout for the Lord in this place That's why you, I want to, ain't no, don't, listen, don't nobody have to rile me up, Pastor Antoine, to give. I don't even need a Bible story. Just tell the ushers to come on down. I already got this thing settled in me. While it's in my hand, it's the smallest it'll ever be. But when I put it into the hands of the Lord, I'm feeding all kinds of people. And like I told you before, everything that flows through the conduit gonna get stuck to the side. And that's enough for me and my household. Hallelujah. <laughs> if I was, let me tell you something. Can I go just a little bit longer? I'm just about to my last point. But, but, uh, I went ahead and turned there so I would teach it. Amen. But if I would have embraced a carnal mindset, I would have never, ever, let me give you one more, ever been the pastor of this church. Because everything on the surface value did not look good. Matter of fact, certain people, I, I won't say nothing, I won't even call their positions, because that ain't what it's about. But in the state, certain people said, get off that ship, it's sinking. It's going down. And so, all the who's who's and the who's nots started bailing. The ship was sinking, am I right? Those of you around, you know what I'm talking about now. I ain't telling no lie. They started getting out of here. And finally, when they all left, God said, now. I can break the limitations off of everything that's on this house right here. Whether it's money, whether it's attendance, whether it's miracles, whether it's signs, whether it's wonders, whether it's praise, whether it's worship, whether it's prayer. I can break the limitations off of it right now. I wouldn't have never took this job. I've never been in this place. You crazy. But watch this. If I would have looked at it with a carnal mind, I would have took God out of the God opportunity. And there are scores, hundreds of sons and daughters 
that have been reached because somebody looked at it and said, I'm going to be spiritually minded. Number four, and then I'm done. Carnal thinking makes faith sound absurd and the supernatural seem impossible. Listen, you ain't believed God for nothing until a religious person looks at you and says, you crazy. <laughs> it makes faith sound absurd. Man, you are, do you really think God's going to do that? I remember folk looking at me, they said, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you, you do good down there one day. One day after many years, I don't see why you couldn't possibly get that church to 500 people. I looked at them like they done lost their mind. 500 people. My God, I'm getting 500 people in the first year. What you talking about? I don't, I don't know where this came from. And they chuckled. 500 people church in Jackson, Georgia, you done lost your mind. No, no, no. Faith sounds absurd to a carnal mind absurd oh, are you kidding you kidding me you gonna lay hands on people in the in the middle of a pandemic that's that's absurd are you kidding me you you down here on the butts county henry county line and you gonna go to church with people of different color that's absurd. Don't you know how they're going to out, outcast you and ostracize you? Don't you know you're going to be talked about? Well, while you're talking, you just need to keep on talking because there's a day where every nationality, I'm on decree in every ethnicity and every color and every tongue shall be represented under the ministry of Abundant Life Church. And the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. makes it sound absurd are you absurd you're taking every time you get a little increase you're taking that and sowing it don't you know that church don't want nothing but your money have you ever found out that every person that says that's broke as a joke and can't buy a coke you just need to tell them bye bye Felicia I don't want to be in your crowd God's called me to a higher level and I ain't trying to hear what you've got to say but God is saying whatsoever a man sows that he shall I'll also reap and I'm going to reap a harvest because every time I put a seed in the ground I ain't sowing to you I ain't sowing to an organization I ain't sowing to a religion but I'm sowing in a kingdom who says all the silver and all the gold are mine and I am the Lord the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the cattle on a thousand hill are mine if you sow you shall you got you don't need to hang around folk like that listen to me right now all they are is they trying to snatch that harvest that God has in mind if you ain't figured out yet when you get around this place you don't fit in like you used to fit in anymore you begin to stand out why you are a peculiar people you are a priesthood you are a holy nation chosen to declare the works of God in the earth hallelujah I feel like preaching now you just got to be mindful of that's carnal thinking that's carnal thinking hallelujah glory be to God carnal thinking it, it's, listen it makes faith sound absurd Absurd, crazy. And it makes the supernatural seem impossible. Can I break this down for a few more minutes then let you go? The Bible says the carnal mind is an enemy of God. It tells us that those who are carnally minded are in the flesh. It also tells us that those who are in the flesh, watch this, cannot please God. 
Many times when we think about living in the flesh, we think about the actions uh, that, that the actions that come with living in the flesh. In other words, we think about the acts of the flesh. In other words, where somebody's drinking, fornicating, adultering, whatever you want to say, that we think about those acts. But what we must understand is that before the flesh can produce an act, the mind has to entertain a thought. I'm bringing you one circle. You stay with me right now. Listen, people don't just go out there and shoot folk. They think about it first. People don't just go out there and rob stuff. They think about it first. People don't go out there and just begin to divide churches. They think about it first. Before there is ever a fleshly act, there has been an entertainment of the thought first. Stay with me. Therefore, the carnal mind will always produce carnal acts. It will always produce acts of the flesh. The Bible says that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith you cannot please God. This teaches us that, the, that being carnal minded is the opposite of being faith minded. There you have it. It's kind of like hot and cold water coming out of the same place. It's like fresh water and salty water coming out of the same spigot. And yes, I said spigot. That's a country way of saying faucet. It's like both of them coming out of the same place. James said it's like your tongue speaking blessings and cursings out of the same mouth. He said, brother, it ought not be so. And what you must understand is that as long as you are in the carnal mind, you will never begin to walk in faith. Why is that? Because the carnal mind is the opposite of the faith mind. So when the carnal mind says, your mama was broke, your daddy was broke, your grandparents were broke and your great grandparents were broke and you will always be broke you got to toss that carnal mind out and get a spiritual mind and say devil shut up the bible says whatsoever I put my hands to it shall prosper when the fleshly mind says there's a disease in your body and you're going to die of it you need to pick up a spiritual mind and say with his stripes I am healed you need to tell it to get out when that carnal mind comes in you and says your kids are gonna die and they're gonna go to hell you need to pick up a spiritual mind and said the Bible says if I raise them in the ways of the Lord when they get older they will not depart devil get out my mind I'm taking authority over my thoughts I'm casting down every vain imagination that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Come on, stand up in this place right now and give God five seconds of a praise. season of goodness but now it ain't now it's over say devil shut up and get out of my mind i have a promise and the bible says the thoughts that he thinks towards me they are good thoughts thoughts to give me a hope thoughts to give me a future not to harm me but to bless me Just wait for a little longer. Depression is about to come. You need to take authority over that carnal mind and say in the name of Jesus, shut up and get out of me now. The Bible says, I said the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I will walk in it.
thing starts thinking about fear and what's going to happen to you. And now you're scared to even walk outside your door, much less be around anybody. You've got to take authority over that carnal mind and say, devil, get out of my mind. I am a spiritually minded person. I am a spiritually minded daughter. I am a spiritually minded son. And God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Glory. I'm almost done. If you're going to continue to dwell in this dimensional glory, just remain standing if you're physically able. Today, you've got to abandon, forsake, cut ties with the carnal mind. You've got to get away from it. And you've got to pick up spirit, the spiritual mind. The Bible says to be carnally minded is what? Death. But listen carefully. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everybody's wanting peace. All you need is a spiritual mind. All you need is to get away from the carnal mind and allow the Holy Ghost to renovate kick some walls down take some stuff out hallelujah if I could tell you how many people have backslid on their way to hell right now people who used to be in the ministry people who used to be faithful to God people who used to come to church all the time backslid on their way to hell now you want to know why it wasn't no didn't nobody talk about them didn't nobody hurt them didn't nobody deceive them didn't nobody do nothing it was all in their mind Dr. Bridges taught you about the spirit of Agag the spirit of Agag which brings the accusations even when don't, there ain't an accusation. You sitting there thinking folk talking about you and folk don't even know your name. You sitting there thinking you're on, you're, you're on your way downhill and, and that ain't nothing happened. But a spiritual mind says, hold on one second. What they say or don't say cannot change my direction. What they do or what they don't do can't change my direction. It cannot change my direction. Can't change my destiny and who I am and where I'm going. So I ain't even gonna focus on this nonsense. I, my eyes are on you, God, where my help cometh from. My help cometh from the Lord. There it is. There it is spiritually minded and what you'll find church is that the more you're the more you're spiritually minded the easier it is to walk in faith because the carnal mind combats faith it fights against your faith so even when you want to believe God for the supernatural the carnal mind says that junk ain't gonna never happen lost your mind and went crazy that preacher yeah he said that stuff but it ain't true the carnal mind's constantly going on but today the Lord had me come and bring this teaching because he said they have to learn some of them some of them are desiring they're praying some of y'all are fasting some of y'all are sowing but it's like ain't nothing breaking and the reason is, is because there's two, two things coming out the same spout. The carnal mind and the spiritual mind. Lift your hands all over this place and say, Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus. Help me to be spiritually minded in every way. Today, I reject. I cast out. I cast down. 
every fleshly mindset, every carnal way of thinking. I disconnect myself, my family, in Jesus' name. I plead the blood right now, and I embrace the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit. I embrace a spiritual mind in Jesus' name. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.